the vessel that ministry flows through matters. The vessel that something is coming through matters. Many of you have heard me use the analogy before of a bottle of water. You can drink a bottle of water and it will satisfy your thirst. But if I got a funnel that I'd been pouring gasoline through to fill up my car tank and then I gave that bottle of water and said, here, hold that funnel over your mouth. I'll pour the water. You'll drink it that way. You'll be like, I'm not going to do that. You wouldn't do it because while nothing's wrong with the water, what it's passing through has an effect on it. This is why you and I must endeavor to have a pure spirit. Okay. Now, music matters. What you listen to matters. This has been on my heart. You're probably going to hear more about it. I wanted you to see that because I don't know that there, I'm sure there's others, but I cannot watch and listen to that without it moving my spirit like every time. I remember the first time I gave it to one of my children. I said, here, I just want you to watch this. I was driving. I said, here, I want you to just take this and watch this. We hadn't gone a quarter mile, and uh, my child was sitting over there weeping, tears flowing down their face. And that's not their style of music, if you get my drift. That's not necessarily my style of music. Now, by style, you understand what I mean. Jean, I want anointed apostolic flow of ministry when they're singing. Now, just because it's called Christian music doesn't mean it is godly. Just because the lyrics are Christian lyrics doesn't mean it's godly. Oh, it may be spiritual, but it doesn't mean it's the Spirit of God behind it. Well, the words are right. doesn't mean the Spirit's right. In Acts chapter 16, the woman said, These men be the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of the Lord. What she said was right. But after three days, the Apostle Paul turned around and said, Come out of her, you unclean spirit. Oh, the words were right, but the spirit was wrong. Music, man, I'm, this is the Holy Ghost right now. I'm, music matters. Some of you are battling and wrestling things because of what you're listening to. Some of you listen to stuff that ain't Christian music, and that's. And then some of you are just listening to, and you don't even understand. You're listening to music that you call Christian, but the spirit behind it is the spirit of this world. It's the spirit of this world. And so we have to have spiritual discernment to recognize the difference. I, we're not going to do this now. I could show you a video of someone singing a song that is anointed. They're filled with the spirit of God and it will touch your heart. And then I can show you that same person singing a song years later and they have gone over to where they became an entertainer rather than a worshiper. And they're still singing Christian songs, but it no longer bears witness with my spirit. They're entertaining, not worshiping. 
This is important for us. This is important for us. We need to learn to discern. Uh, I, man, I'm going to get in trouble. Oh, well. I, I'm going to qualify this statement briefly. I am not necessarily... <laughs> I am not necessarily opposed to Christian rap. If that's your thing, okay. But I'm going to tell you, I ain't heard much that's of the Spirit of God. I'm going to tell you why. It did not get its birth in the kingdom. Its birth was in the world of hip-hop. Its birth was in the God of this world. And it's very, very difficult to take something birthed by the God of this world and then recreate it in a spiritual sense. Again, I'm not telling you it's all, but you better discern in your spirit. You better discern in your spirit. And again, I'm not apologizing for this. I have a responsibility to you. You understand, I have a responsibility to you. Most Christian rap that I've heard, the spirit is not the spirit of God. It's the spirit of this world. The lyrics may be right. Now, I did not say all. Most. You have to discern. You know how you'll know? Oh, I feel it. No, that's not the measure. Feeling is not the measure. You say, well, I felt something there. Ah, yeah, but you felt something there, even if that wasn't the kind of music you would listen to. Right? We need to discern. We need to discern. I am, if you've been here any length of time, you know I am not about rules and regulations. I don't think I've ever told you you can do this, you can't do that. Now, if you're involved in leadership or some role like that, we probably had some of those conversations. But I am not telling you what you can or cannot listen to. If you're spirit-filled, you should be following the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost should discern, you know what? Those lyrics may be Christian, but that grates on my Holy Ghost. Turn it off. And I've had that happen a few times in my car. I don't care what they're singing. I hear the words, but I, yeah, the words aren't my concern. It's the spirit that's my concern. Shut it off. So we have to develop discernment. You with me? Now, that being said, and then we're going to shift gears here, okay? You guys are like, I wasn't expecting this. Neither was I. 
Now, I'll tell you, if the things I'm sharing are starting to trouble you and upset you, it's probably a pretty good indicator of the spirit of it that you've been entertaining. Let's pray right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father, we want a pure heart. We want a right spirit. We want a pure heart and a right spirit, God, that comes from you. Give us discernment. Let us operate with spiritual discernment, God, that pleases you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Uh, This is the last thing I'm going to say about that right now, and then we're going to shift. Uh, I am going to sometimes here in the, sometime here in the near future, and this is totally for your convenience. It's a resource, not a requirement. I'm going to say that again. Just It is a resource, not a requirement. Okay? What you do with it is totally up to you. Fair? Sort of like if I gave you a Bible. I said, here, this is your resource. What you do with it is totally up to you. Not quite as significant as the word of God, but you understand the example. I, I, I've just felt this so strongly in my spirit. I am going to, this will not be all-inclusive resource, simply a resource. I'm going to provide you with some ministers in music that I know of that are spirit-filled, that I believe walk in spirit ministry, godly spiritual ministry. Again, it will not be an all-inclusive list. It's not saying only people on that list. It's not me telling you you can only listen to I don't want you reading too much into it. You understand? We okay? All right. It's like if I gave you a list of books and said, here's some books you might enjoy reading. I'm going to give you some gospel or Christian artist that I think you might find value in or that would minister to and edify you. I'm not going to go, hey, are you listening to those people? I'm not. Am I making sense? We okay? I can feel some of you sort of bowing your back a little bit spiritually. I feel that. I'm simply offering something to you that I believe the Spirit of God if you would, with a sincere heart, say, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll open up and listen. I believe it may make a difference. I'll tell you what it will affect more than anything that will surprise you. Your emotions. Because when you entertain music that's not of a right spirit, even if the lyrics are right, your emotions go like this. Highs and lows, swings and moods. What is it? I'll tell you, one of the biggest influences is music because spirit vehicles on music. And if you, okay. Amen. You can tell sort of something's in me here right now, can't you? Amen. I want to pray again before we go any further. Jesus, in your name, I pray these things shared be received in the spirit in which they are intended, that which your spirit is seeking to convey to us. You alone understand why. Lord Jesus, I trust you. I trust you. 
I trust you. I pray lead and guide this, your precious body. We need you, Lord. We look to and trust in you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. John chapter 21. Thank you for giving me those 15 minutes to be pastoral. All right. John chapter 21. And uh, you know, given the time in which we live and the hour that it is, the world needs us to walk and live in apostolic ministry. Okay? I don't mean like a title. I mean like the book of Acts. The Spirit of God guiding, leading, directing, using us. Us given to the ministry of Christ through us. Anybody interested in that? I know you are. It's time. It's time for us to walk in it. To live in it. To operate in it. I took a little bit longer lunch yesterday. Got to spend some time with a brother. Ran into a guy in the post office. He's been on my heart ever since. I wish I'd have just laid hands on him right there in the post office. I should have. He might have let me if I'd have asked him. I don't know. He stayed on my heart. Bill has stayed on my heart. We've got to stop talking ourselves out of stuff and walk in apostolic ministry. Boldness. Now, if, if that's truly a desire of your life, there's something you need to see here in the Word of God. Okay? Book of John, chapter number 21. Jesus has died, has resurrected. He's shown himself to his disciples again. It's, it's morning time. This is a familiar passage of Scripture to some. It's where Jesus had frit, bread and fish on the fire. He had breakfast ready while they were out fishing again. They went back to fishing because they weren't sure what was going on with their lives. Jesus tells them as they're out in the boats on their way back, come and dine. He's got breakfast ready. Bread and fish are already there. The scripture tells us in this chapter that it's now the third time that Jesus has showed himself to his disciples after rising from the dead. And we'll start at verse 15. So they came in off their boats and they sat down to eat. So when they had dined, now keep in mind, we hear the word dine. I'm thinking, man, table, white tablecloth. No, 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 no. They came off the boats. They've been working all night. They probably smell a little bit, but Jesus has got bread and fish on the fire. They're sitting on the seashore around the fire, and they're eating, and they finished. You with me? We're talking about apostolic ministry. You'll see. You're like, oh, yeah, we are talking about eating. Yeah, no, no, hold on. So when they had dined, after they're done, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, you, you know the Simon Peter that just... 43, 44 days before had denied him. 35 to 45 days before had denied him three times. That Simon Peter. I don't know how long he's been alive now from the resurrection till the ascension. We're somewhere in between those two. Okay? This Simon that has denied him three times. Watch. He says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? 
Peter, he said unto him, Yea, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. Verse 16. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verse 17. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. He was grieved because he said to him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said to him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Verse 18. Verily, verily, Jesus is speaking to Peter. Verily, verily, I say to you, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and you walked whither you would. But when you shall be old, you shall stretch forth your hands and another shall gird you and carry thee whither thou would not. Plain English, when you were young, you dressed yourself how you wanted to, and you walked where you wanted to, you went where you wanted to. But when you're old, you're going to stretch forth your hands. Somebody else is going to gird you up, and they're going to carry you where you don't want to go. Still interested in apostolic ministry. What was Jesus talking about? Well, just read the next verse and you'll know what Jesus was talking about. This spake he, signifying by what death he should die. Well, that's not what it says. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Watch. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now, this is critical if we're truly going to walk in apostolic ministry. Now, see, we read in English, um, because that's the language we know. But, of course, the Bible was not written in English originally. And so the problem with English is... It uses the same word for some things that have different words in the Greek. That's why Greek is, Greek is the perfect language, right? It very, every word has specific meaning. Um, and so I, I want us to notice something here. All of this dialogue between Jesus and Peter in verses 15 through 18. Uh, but really in verse 15 through 17. Verse 18 was Jesus telling him how he was going to die and glorify God. But verses 15 through 17, all of this dialogue between Peter and Jesus, right? Peter's denied, but now Christ is alive and the day of Pentecost has not yet come. We know what happens on the day of Pentecost with Peter and going forward. But all of this dialogue in these three verses, 15, 16, and 17, where it sounds like just the same thing is being repeated over and over, 
all of this dialogue is establishing two key things. Two key things. Number one is it's establishing, do you love me? And you all are like, well, duh, we saw that. Stay with me. Number two, it's establishing, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. We know those are different words. What you might not know is the word feed is different. Two different words for feed in those three verses. We're not going to take the time tonight. You can go dig and study. I'm just planting some for you to go study. But here's the thing. In verse 15, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me more than these? It's the only time he asked it that way. The other times he said, do you love me? But the first time, notice, he said, do you love me more than these? What is these? What are these? Did I say, I don't, his are, forgive my English, I can't even speak English. What are these that Jesus is asking? Do you love me more than these? Well, if we understand the word, watch. The word that Jesus used here is, and I don't speak Greek, so this is the best I can do. The word that Jesus used here is agapeo, or we often hear of agape love. Agapeo. All right. Do you love me more than these? Do you agape love me more than these? Notice these is what Peter went back to. He went back to fishing. When Jesus called him and said, hey, follow me, at the beginning of Christ's ministry, Peter was fishing. And, well, they were mending nets. And he left the nets and followed him. But when life took a turn, he didn't plan on, and he wasn't sure where he was, and now they're sitting at the fire after Jesus is resurrected. Peter had went back to fishing. There will come a place in mine and your walk with God when we truly purpose, I want to live and operate and walk in apostolic ministry. I promise you there will come a place where it will be like, hold on a minute, I don't understand where I am. I don't know that I can make this journey. I think I'd like to just go back to what I knew. Now, for some of you, for some of us, that doesn't mean back to sin. For some, if you've grown up in church, it just means, I just want to go back to a comfortable, traditional way of having and doing church. I'm going to tell you something. With where we are in time, we will not have traditional church. We're probably still a little bit, quite a bit too traditional, but I think God's going to help us. Lovest thou me more than these? The interesting thing about the word that Jesus used with love is agapeo is it speaks specifically of persons or things. Not just persons. Persons or things. When it relates to persons, it means specifically to welcome, to entertain, to be fond of, but then it goes a lot further. Then it's to love dearly. To the point that I would give my life love. That's what Jesus asked him. When it relates to things, it means agapeo of things is to be well pleased with things. To be contented at or with a thing. And so he was asking Peter a two-part question with that one statement. Peter, do you love me more than these? Are you willing, is your love for me strong enough that you'd lay down your life for me? And is your love for me mean enough that it means more than any contentment you can gain from fishing? 
from what you can do in your natural life. See, this is a problem we face sometimes with our jobs, especially as men. I'm really content with my job. I like it, and I feel the Lord disrupting my comfort level. That's exactly right. If you and I are going to walk in apostolic ministry, He's going to disrupt our comfort level. Peter, do you love me more than these? Does your life lived for me mean more than the things in the world that would content and satisfy you? Are you more interested in having a comfortable, content, nice little life? You know, three bedrooms, two bathrooms, two cars in the garage, and everything's in order. Nice bank account, everything's neat and in order, and I got it together. Or do you love me more than these, Peter? Where are you getting contentment from? Not saying there's anything wrong if you've got three bedrooms and two bathrooms and two cars in the garage. <laughs> you understand. But do you love him more than these? That's really what's that. For Peter, it was fishing. Fishing was a comfortable place. You know, I can make a living. I'll just live for God on my fishing boat. I still love him. I still believe in him. I walked with him. So the first thing he's dealing with is, do you love me? That has two parts. Motive and relationship. Motive and relationship. Peter, I've got to check your motive. Do you love me? Is that your mo? And you'll understand this in a minute. Because the second thing, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Peter, that's your purpose and your calling. And so, Peter, before I can deal with your purpose and calling, I've got to deal with your motive and our relationship. And is your motive for walking and living and abiding in apostolic ministry because you love him? And because you'd lay down your life for him. And be, or is it, well, no, I'd really like to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That sounds pretty cool. I want people to see how spiritual I am. No, that motive doesn't work. Do you love me? What's your motive? Because before I can fully trust you with the calling, Peter, I've got to find out where your love's at. I have a calling for you, Peter. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Two different words, obviously. One speaks of lambs, of course, young, new, nurturing. Sheep speaks of tending to, caring for, looking after a flock. If you look at the two Greek words that were used there. This was the calling on Peter's life. The Lord knew, Peter, if your motive is not right and your relationship with me is not right, You may be able to operate in your purpose and calling, but it won't be done the way I need it to be done. So I'm addressing these two things with you right now. We have to understand this regarding ministry and flowing and walking in apostolic ministry. I've got to first settle the issue of my motive, and it better be love. Not just any love, agape. Now here's the thing. Peter said, you got that? I want you to hold on to those because we're going to come back to those in a minute. Watch. Peter said, Lord... You know that I love you. Now, here's the, here's the interesting thing about the Word of God. Peter didn't say, Lord, you know that I agapeo you. Peter used a different word. The Lord said, Peter, do you 
agapeo me. And Peter said, Lord, you know that I filio you. In English, it's the same word, love. The Lord said, do you love me more than these? Would you lose? Here's the question. Do you love me enough to lose your life for the calling I have on it? Apostolic ministry. Do you love me enough to lose your life for the calling I have on it? Peter said, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You know what phileo is? Phileo is brotherly love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. That's where we get the word phila, phileo. It's a Greek word, right? Brotherly love, right? It's like if you and I look around the room, you say, you know what? I love truly my brother and sister. But maybe you go, I don't know that I'd die for every one of them. Don't look at me like, oh, my goodness, do you hear what Elder just said? <laughs> you know, right? You understand what I'm saying? We have a bond. We have a knitting together. But whether it's agape yet or not, I don't know. Apostolic ministry, it will become agape for my brother and sister, too. Peter said, Lord, I phileo you. I care about you. We have brotherly love and affection for one another. Warm embrace. Brotherly love. So, verse 16, the Lord asked the question again. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He asked him the same way. Do you agapeo me? Peter responds, Lord, you know that I phileo you. You ever had somebody ask you a question and you just played dumb? All the husbands that aren't nodding, I know the answer. Right? I know the wives aren't innocent either, but. What? My wife tells me I don't hear well. And so my favorite thing is to act like I don't hear well. Right? Right? Selective hearing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? So my favorite thing is when she'll say something and I can think of something that it sounds like she said. And then she's like, no. And she'll repeat herself like two or three times. I'm like, baby, I heard what you said the first time. I know what you're talking about. But she knows I do this. She's not getting some revelation here, okay? Because she goes, well, you can't do that anymore. Yes, I can. Now she knows. No, she's known. Right? Now, not always, but sometimes. So see, the thing about it, now she doesn't know if I do or don't, so she's just not sure. So that's sort of fun. So here's the thing. So, so Peter, I'm not saying Peter's playing games here, you understand? But Peter's doing this. There's this area of his life that he's not, Lord, you're asking a question too hard for me to answer, but I don't want to just say no. Lord, you know I feel I owe you. It's like, it's like Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me enough to lay down your life for me? Peter's like, man, I don't know that I can commit to that. And so he said, Lord, you know, you know I care about you. You know you matter so much to me. You know you mean so much to me, Lord. You know, you with me? 
That's where he's at. And he's as human as you and I. And we want to, we have this desire to live for God, not just live for God, but be used of God, not just be used of God, but used in apostolic ministry to walk in the authority and the power of God, the manifestation of his spirit through our lives. But there's something in our humanity that wrestles with this agape versus filio. And I'm like, man, Lord, I, you know, I love you. I, you know, I care about you, but this whole losing my life. And the Lord said, Peter, do you? Second time. You know, it's interesting. The third time. Jesus said. Simon. Son of Jonas. Verse 17. Do you filet me? Jesus went from asking him twice about agape to finally he just came to where Peter was. He said, Peter, do you filio me? I can't force you to agape me, Peter. So I'll start where you are. But I've made it clear about what I expect. Peter, what I'm looking for is agape. I ask you twice. And right now I'm willing to meet you where you are at Phileo. But you're clear about what I'm expecting. This is what we see in his life. That's when Peter responded, Lord, you know all things, you know that I phileo you. Peter never changed in this while they were by the fire. Now he changed. The Lord will meet you and I where we are. And if we're at phileo, he'll meet us there. But he wants agape. For true apostolic ministry, he wants us to come to this place to where I love him more than anything. Anything. More than these. More than any person. More than anything. I'd lay down my life for you, Lord. I'd agape. This was... He's dealing with motive and relationship. And then he deals with purpose and calling. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Now, then the Lord, I want you to watch. We're still talking about what to be used of the Lord the way he wants to. Then the Lord gives him a glimpse. A glimpse. Of what's ahead. When he is fully given to God using him. And fulfilling his purpose and his calling. And there are many people. Who will never fully commit to God. Because of fear of what God would ask of them. 
You see why the motive matters so much, why it's got to be rooted in love. I don't know what he's going to ask of you. I don't know what he's going to ask of me. But he said, except I was willing to lay down my life, pick up a cross and follow him, I couldn't even be his disciple. So there's an indicator. There's an indicator. But this is part of the desire to walk in apostolic ministry. And so the Lord tells him these things, signifies what death he's going to die, and says, now, Peter, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. That's the admonition after all of this. He speaks all of these things to Peter and says, follow me. After all of that stuff, after giving him insight to the direction of his life, with that, then Jesus just says, okay, follow me. I've given you a glimpse. Now you're just going to have to, I'm not going to unfold everything for you. I'm not going to lay it all out so you got it all figured out. I'm not going to paint every step along the journey. Now that you, I've given you a glimpse, if your motive's right and your relationship's right and you truly want to walk in your purpose and calling, here's the only instruction you need now, Peter. Follow me. What is that? I'll tell you what that is. Not rocket science. That's being led by the Spirit of God. Well, where's that going to take me? Follow me. Well, I can't even make sense of what you're asking of me. I know. Follow me. But that could cost me my life. Yes, I understand. Follow me. Want to be used? I know you do. I feel the Spirit of the Lord wanting to take us to a place in Him. But He wants to be very clear about what He's looking for. Agape. I love Him more than all of these. And so, then I follow. I was having a conversation with someone, a brother, and uh, was talking about fear. You know, fear can keep us from doing some stuff. And here's how fear often, I won't say always, but often, here's how fear manifests itself. Well, yeah, but what if? Anybody ever said that? What if? Right, that's pure speculation, but what if? Well, I would, but what if? Well, yeah, I think the Lord's asking me to do that, but what if? Well, yeah, I heard the word of the Lord, but what if? What if is fear. Not always, but often. What if I go to Macedonia? I'm sure the dream was the Lord of the man saying, come, but what if I go and I end up in prison? That's what happened, you know. He went. I don't know that he asked what if, but that's what happened. We might talk about that Sunday. Who knows? But see, when I go, you know what? This love is agape. I, I, I don't know what if. I just know 
follow him. He just said, follow me. That's all he said, follow me. Okay, now watch. We're going to shift here because there's another element to this that we need to see. The element beyond motive and relationship and purpose and calling. Now I want you to watch. Peter's got this now. He's got this glimpse. He's having it. He hadn't got it all figured out, but the Lord has laid it out for him. And so now he's having to navigate this. And I want you to watch what he does next because this gives us an indication because he's as human as us. Verse 20, I think that's where we finished after he said, follow me. Then Peter, so he's got all this. He's heard all these things. He's got past the questions of do you love me? He's got a glimpse into how he's going to glorify God through his death. Then he does what human beings do. He started looking around. Right? Hey, there's other people here. Now, the Lord was talking to him. But he started looking around at other people. He turned about and he saw, he, you know, he settled in on somebody. Our human nature is funny that way. We have a tendency to settle in on people when we're wrestling with things God's doing sometimes. He locked in on John. Now, here it says, he seeth the disciple whom Jesus... What? <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, think about that. The irony funny, not ha-ha funny. Look at the irony of that. He saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. You know, he's called John the Beloved. And, and we know this is John because, of course, if you read the Gospel of John, John never identifies himself. He always calls him that disciple whom, this disciple whom. He never uses his name. Um, so we know this is John that's being spoke of here. He turns about and he sees John, the one Jesus loved. See, John was sort of Jesus' favorite. I mean, not really, but it sure seemed that way. He was always really close to Jesus. I mean, at the Last Supper, it was him sitting right there leaning over on Jesus' breast, the Bible says. It was, it was him that when Jesus said, somebody's going to betray me, Peter. Peter says, hey, John, I'm like you guys are tight, you and Jesus. I know he treats you different than he treats all the rest of us. And you got a special, you're, you're his favorite. John, ask him who. I know it doesn't read that way in the King James, but that's how I read it. But that's what happened. I don't know how to. I don't think he said, "Ask thou the Lord." I don't think he used King James English. They were human beings. See, we we got to get them where we live. They were human beings, and so Peter says, "Hey, ask him." You know, you've all done that before. You've all done that before. Right, I I could see Sandra going. Alex, ask them. She done that before. Yeah, you ask him, right? And that way she'd get in trouble if she wasn't supposed to ask. Yeah, I know how that works. I know how that works. We do that to my baby sister all the time, right? And and why do they do that? Oh, because they're his favorite. You ask him. Well, obviously Jesus didn't play favorites, but this is how John was viewed. You got to understand there was this element there of how they saw. You still with me? 
Jesus has this relationship with John that's different than this relationship with Peter. That doesn't mean John's a favorite and Peter's less than. It means the relationship is different because their lives are different. Their calling is different. Their purpose is different. Their function is different. It doesn't mean Jesus is playing favorites. But Peter's human like you and I. And so Peter's looking around and going, hold on, after all this you and I just went through, I need to check out what you're saying to everybody else. You just took me through the ringer about agape versus feeling. You just took me through all that, and then you just told me about how I'm going to die and glorify. Ah, Let's look around at somebody else. And this is what you and I do. And what we usually do is, well, you know, I'm just not as... The bigger issue probably than Peter seeing John as something more beloved by the Lord or some favorite of the Lord is how Peter saw himself in relationship to the Lord Jesus. And so he's looking around. He sees John. We got to go on. See, oh, there it is, which also leaned on his breast at supper. See, I wasn't making that up. And he said, Peter's talking, hey, Lord. Oh, here he tells us the one that was leaning on and said, which is he that betrayeth thee. Verse 21. And Peter, seeing him, says to Jesus, right, Lord, what shall this man do? Do you see this happening? Go back to verse 21. Don't jump ahead on me here. Thank you. Lord, what will this man do? What about John? You're asking this of me. You're expecting this of me. You've given me a glimpse of where my life's going to go. What about him? What about her? What about them? It seems like you treat us differently, Lord, based on what I've seen the last three and a half years. Oh, I know he wasn't saying all that, but there was something there. Human nature. What about him? Sounds like my road's going to be pretty rough. What about him? We need to pray right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus, we desire apostolic ministry. We desire to flow and walk in your spirit, fulfill your purpose and calling on our lives individually and collectively as a body. And we want our motive to be right. We want our relationship to be right. And so we submit to your grace. Let us hear and receive what you would speak to us, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So Peter said, Lord, what about him? I got questions. Watch what Jesus said, verse 22. Jesus said to him, If I will that he tarry till I come, or that he doesn't die until I come. Because, right, Peter signifying it. Peter, what is that? To you. Follow me. 
Lord, surely you're more compassionate than that. Peter, we're not talking about John right now. We're talking about you. What is it to you if his life journey in fulfilling my purpose is different than yours? What is that to you? Peter, follow me. If you and I want to be used in apostolic ministry, I have to trust the Spirit of God and follow Him and understand how God uses me and how God uses you will not look the same. It will agree with His Word. It will never violate His Word. But some people's life journeys will be different. And I can get bitter at God. I can get angry at God. I can give God the cold shoulder because he likes John more than he likes me, which is not true. But how I perceive it because my life doesn't seem to look like John's looks. You can feel. But if I want to walk in ministry, spiritual apostolic ministry, the calling and the purpose of God on my life, I stop asking those questions. And I'm not telling you I've got that all figured out. I'm working on this day by day because it's a constant in our humanity. We ever have to get to this place. We've got to constantly come back to this place. God, I just want to follow you. You understand the essence here is this. I'm not looking at somebody else to follow him. I have to fix my eyes on him. It's the reason the number one way that the adversary gets you and I to stumble and fall is to get us to fix our eyes on somebody else. To measure, to compare, to find fault, heaven forbid, to get offended, and then, then he can really suck us in. What is it? I wonder if Joseph ever thought about, how come me am going through this when my brothers, David, how come I'm out here in the field? My brothers are at fight. How come? Right. Peter, what is that to you? Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. The Lord wants to use each and every single one of us in this room. But we have to purpose by the grace of God, I'm going to come to a place of agape you, Lord, in my motive so that you can fulfill your purpose and calling in, with, and through my life. History records among most that Peter was crucified and he refused to be crucified right side up because he did not deserve to die the way Christ did. So therefore, he chose to be crucified upside down. John, we know, was banished to the Isle of Patmos. There he wrote the book of Revelation. They had different functions in the body. Tell me one sermon that you know John preached in the book of Acts. 
Anybody? It's not there. It's not there. But he wrote the. Tell me one gospel that Peter wrote. Didn't write one. John wrote the book of Revelation. Yeah. Peter's got a couple of epistles back there. Peter wasn't a writer, I don't think. I mean, he might have wrote a few letters, but I don't think he was a writer. Peter was a preacher. They were both apostles. They were both apostles. Different function. So they had to come to a place where their motive and relationship was right with God. Do you love me? And they were content in their calling. This is critical. See, it's the danger of going, I want to be like them. What if God didn't call you to be like them? Be who God called you to be. Be who God called you to be. This is important. Now watch. I'll finish here. Go with me, speaking of those epistles, to 1 Peter. And we'll finish here. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 1. I'm going to read fast. You're going to have to be here and be ready. 1 Peter 1 and 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. A little note here about that. I love the word of God. Acts chapter 16. Remember that chapter? Acts chapter 16, the apostle Paul said, we wanted to go into Asia, but the Holy Ghost forbade us. We wanted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit said no. Read that in Acts chapter 16. The Holy Ghost was saying, not yet. Because it's beautiful here, you read, and Peter is writing to people in Asia and Bithynia. Places that the Holy Ghost in Acts 16 wouldn't let Paul go. Clearly, the gospel got there somewhere along the way. Okay, side note. Verse number two. Peter's still talking. Elect. That's the church. He's speaking to the church. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit to obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. Watch. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that doesn't fade away and it's reserved in heaven for you. Who's you? Verse 5. Those of you who are kept by the power of God through faith to salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice, watch, though now, for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Yeah? Peter knew about this. Colon, what does that mean, being in manifold temptations? Verse 7, why is this happening to me? That the trial or the trying of your faith, 
being much more precious than gold. you got to know, whatever Lord's taking you through, your motive, your ministry, whatever it's leading you to, wherever God's directing you as you're following Him, it's trying your faith. And that trying of your faith is more precious than gold. So you begin to understand whatever I'm going through and following Him is more precious than gold that perishes, even though it be tried with fire. Why? That you might be found, you and I might be found to the praise and the honor and the glory at the appearing, not in this life, unless you're living when He comes. And I think we're close enough to be doing that. At the appearing of Jesus Christ, colon, now watch this. He says all of that stuff about our inheritance, reserved, trials and tribulations, more precious than gold, salvation. You got all that? Verse 8, speaking of Jesus, whom, having not seen, you love. In whom, though now we see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith. Peter's far enough in the journey now that he's focused on receiving the end of the faith. The salvation of the soul. See, sitting around the fire, he was more focused on the beginning. <laughs> But I want you to notice something there in verse number seven or verse number eight. When he said, whom having not seen, you now love. The word Peter there used is not phileo. There, Peter said, now you agape. Peter had been through enough. God started him where he was at Philio. But by the time he's writing the letter, he's writing to people who didn't see him like he did, who didn't sit at the fire and go through the Q&A session like he did. And he's trying to give them hope. He said, hey, trying of your faith, it's more precious than gold. Whatever you're going through following him, it's more precious than gold. Him using you for his purpose, wherever it takes you, it's more precious than gold. There's an inheritance for you. And I know you haven't seen him, but what he's taking you through, you're going to love him. Not phileo him, agape him. You know what's beautiful about this to me? If you read the two epistles that Peter wrote, he uses the word love five times and every time he uses it he always says agape filio is not in Peter's epistles only agape why because where he was early on in desiring to be used of God was filio I love him. I care about him. We, we, I, we have a relationship. I want to be with him. I, but I don't know about this whole lose my life and give up everything. for. But he stayed. Jesus said, I'll meet you where you are. Peter, do you filio me? I'll start there. 
just follow me. And Peter followed, and Peter followed, and Peter followed. And as Peter followed, he was no longer saying, he answered the question. You know I am. Why? Because my life testifies to it. I agape you. And so the Lord is for us to walk. There's a journey we have to walk if we're going to be used in apostolic ministry and calling. Don't lose heart. Stand with me tonight, please. I'm going to tell you. Can I just be raw with you for the last few minutes we're here? Raise your hand if in the last five years or presently, you have family within an hour's driver list. An hour's driver list in the last five years. Okay? Now, this is not a woe is me. This is just an example. There are times in my life I told you I'm just going to be raw with you. There are times in my life where I've questioned God. How come everybody else gets to be near and with all of their family? But mine is 2,000 plus miles away for the last 27 years. Now, this is. Please don't miss it. This is not a woe is me. I'm not, this is not a sympathy plea or feel sorry for elder. You understand? <laughs> I'm just talking about how in our humanity we can go, yeah, but what about? Both of my sisters live in the same town. My mom's in the same town. All their families are in the same town. They can jump in the car, leave after leave at breakfast, and they can be with the rest of my family by lunch. I got peace with all this, just in case, just so you're clear. I got peace with all this. But I'm trying to give you an example, just a, a, a small, silly example of how we can look. And go, But how come they... I don't, I, I'm being careful because this, being real, this is sort of awkward for me. I'm not trying to make this about me. I'm just trying to give us some examples. I can't ask God, God, you got plenty of people in the Yakima area. Why do I need to be in Yakima? I, I, don't, I have no resentment about being in Yakima. I love Yakima. I don't, I don't want you guys walking out going, I don't know that Elder really wants to be here. No. <laughs> uh, uh. There's no place I'd rather be. But I'm talking about how we can get our eyes looking 
and saying, but God, why? What about them? And I, I'm not saying I've done some amazing thing and I've really sacrificed for God either, so don't read into that. I'm just telling you there are different things God asks of us depending on the purpose and calling on our lives. And if I'm going to look at my brother or my sister and go, but why not? Or why? I'm going to struggle to submit to following him. This is important for all of us that want to walk in the spirit. That want to be used of God. got to get my eyes back on him i'll follow you i agape you lord i'm trying to i'm i don't know that i've got it figured out yet i'm, I'm sure i don't lord but i, I want to follow you i want to follow you and i want to walk in the spirit i want to follow you and be used of you for your purpose and calling in my life i want to please you Forgive me where I've looked to my brother in question. Forgive me if I've looked to my sister in question. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to do the work that you intend for me to do in the fear of the Lord and in a pleasing manner to you. I want to follow you, Lord. You know the end from the beginning, Lord. I trust you. I, I don't see the end. I, I'm human. You know that. You know my frame. I just see what I am and where I am right now. But you see the end, Lord. And thank you for your mercy and your long-suffering and your grace. I'm going to walk by your Spirit and follow you. I'm going to follow you that you would be pleased, that you would be glorified, that your purpose would be accomplished. That men would know you, Lord. That men would know you, Lord. That men would know you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't want to make a name for myself. I don't want to be self-promoting or look for a way to draw attention to self. God forbid. But that you would be glorified. That your purpose would be realized. That the motive would be pure. That the relationship would be right. That your nature would flow. And that you would be made manifest. Oh God, use us for your purpose. Use us for your glory. You know the design with which you've designed us. You know the way in which you've made us. You know the form and the fashion with which you've fashioned us, God. And you've done it with purpose, with calling, I pray. Let us be submitted to your will and your purpose and plan. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, you may need to pray a prayer of some. You may need to pray a prayer of repentance. I can tell you I, another situation. Some of you, I'm not trying to believe, belabor the point here. We just this is so critical for us fulfilling the will of God. 
when the Lord asked us to relocate to Arkansas. See, we're so funny, our human nature. When he asked us to go, I didn't want to go. The whole thing about closer to my family and the thing we wrestle with. I didn't want to go. I was happy in Wapato. I know some of you are like, what in Wapato? Are you serious? <laughs> uh, it was where I wanted to be. And the Lord knew for what I want to accomplish and what I, I got to take you through some stuff. I think the Lord knew if I would have stayed. I, I, I trust and believe by his grace he used us there. But I think if we would have stayed, we would have struggled with just going a traditional route. Because of what the Lord was doing and the people he was adding to the church. He knows what he's doing. And so. The first year I was there in Arkansas, I was mad at God. I, I was mad. We'd been in Wapato two years. God had done great things. We were seeing the church grow. We were excited about what had happened. We, we, we had a building that God had miraculously opened up to us. We were affecting the community. God was affecting the community through the body. We loved the people that were there. We were, And then just as suddenly God said, I was mad. I was down there for a year, and I was having a pity party for a year. I really I can tell you this now. I was having a pity party. Poor me. I, just, I don't understand God. I don't know what you're saying. And God couldn't use me hardly at all. Because I was looking. What about them? How come? Why? I was there three years, and I can count on one hand the number of times I preached in the church we attended. In three years. What in the world, God? What? After the Lord finally, I finally listened to his correction. And he brought healing and correction. And I, when I said, you may have to pray a prayer of repentance. I had to repent for being bitter towards God. Because that's really what happened to me in that first year. I just became bitter at God for moving me. Even though I knew it was him that did it. After that, a lot began to happen in the next two years before he brought us back. That's why I say you may have to repent because sometimes when we look at others, we get bitter towards God. Why did you let this happen to my life? Why did you allow this in my life? How come they but not me? And, and we get bitter towards God. That's why the motive thing matters. Do you love me? I hear the Lord asking John the Baptist. Or telling John the Baptist disciples, tell John, blessed is the man that's not offended in the way I choose to use him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This is so important for us. For where we're going to go and where we're going right now. God, help us. Help us to submit to your leading, your will, and your calling, even when I don't understand. I'm not talking about 
stuff outside of the word of God. Do you understand? That God, I may not understand what you're asking of me, but as there's peace in my spirit and it doesn't disagree with your word, by your grace, I'll follow you. I'll just follow you. Because I want to walk in ministry. Amen? God bless you. Greet someone. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.